Welcome to another episode of the Marvel Masterworks Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Adam, and with me is my co-host, Donnie. Donnie, how's it going? Hey, what's up, Marvel fans? It's the man whose ring runs on fanboy energy, the podcasting machine, the big nerd in green, here to talk to you about my favorite Marvel character, Venom. Indeed, as, as Donnie alluded to, uh, very upfront, we are discussing Venom today. Uh, a discussion on Venom, it was going to be a long time coming. We talked about, you know, eventually doing a deep dive into, into you know, kind of like the... Uh, the most influential stories of Venom, uh, kind of like we've done over at the Green Lantern podcast, where we've spotlighted all the all the lanterns to a degree. We had talked about that, doing that for Venom, uh, because Donnie is such a big uh, uh, Venom fan. Uh, and um, but then we got the wonderful announcement that, uh, well, two announcements: one that he that the current run of the series was coming to an end with issue 35, a.k.a. issue 200, which is the issue we're going to review today. Uh, and also that a new series, starting from a brand new number one, as Marvel has wanted to do uh, as of recently, um, starting in November, there's going to be a new Venom number one, and we're going to start reviewing that on a regular basis when that number one hits. So mm -hmm. there's going to be a lot more Venom uh, discussion. Uh, but today we're going to focus on issue 200 yes. uh, or 35, depending on which way you like to look at your numbering. I like the bigger number, uh, the nostalgic, you know, right. historical number. So that's the one I'm going to go with, whether Marvel likes it or not. Uh, <laughs> that's what I'm going to do because uh, it's my show and our show, and we'll do what we want here. That's so there. That's uh, right. Yeah, uh, you tell them. <laughs> yeah, I'm, 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 I'm showing resistance against the, against the corporation, even though I paid money for their book. Anyway, uh, I digress. But um, in addition to more Venom, um, with doing, with, with, when, when discussing Venom, you have to discuss also Spider-Man because, you know, they, sure. they, they, are, they are intrinsically tied uh, to each other historically. And... Um, um, we are also going to be starting doing regularly uh, Spider-Man. We're going to be covering him regularly Spider-Man books as well. We're going to start, you know, uh, kind of semi-regular coverage will we'll kick off with the uh, Sinister War event that's, that's, you know, going to be arriving shortly. Um, I, I think it's in a, by the end of the month, I think, is the first issue. I could be wrong on that, but either the end of the month or beginning of July, uh, August. Um, but um, our, our, our regular ongoing coverage of the Spider-Man books will start um, in earnest uh, post-Sinister War because the books are going in a new direction. In direction. Um, so Nick Spencer is currently writing the... Uh, Wait a minute, in earnest, you say? So we're not allowed to, like, laugh and make jokes, you know? Well, no, no, we can still make jokes. I just thought that was <laughs> kind of appropriate. I guess I was wrong. Uh, I'm trying to sell a spider, Donnie. Uh, <laughs> the glasses aren't doing it, so i got to come up with something else. Uh, <laughs> i got to dig deep in the vocabulary. No, um, well, more regularly, let's put it that way. Um, gotcha. but, but after an expense's run ends, I believe with 70, issue 75. Right. 
there is going to be a status quo uh, in the spider uh, shift in the Spider-Man universe. Uh, it is going to uh, the the sort of overall title for this new Spider-Man initiative is titled Spider-Man Beyond. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's essentially. Uh, the the main gist of what's happening is that Peter Parker's clone, Ben Riley, yes, is coming back. Ben Riley, yes, yeah, who who was you know created and made famous in the nineties. Mm-hmm. He's coming back, and according to the press release, he's coming back to reclaim the Spider-Man mantle. Um, so the big status quo change uh, actually kicks off uh, in September. So my mistake, issue 75 is the kickoff of this new... Right. And this is shipping thrice monthly, right? Is that, uh, yeah. is that what the article said? Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. And thrice monthly, which means three times a month, uh, which means... Goodbye uh, to the happiness of my wallet. <laughs> but thrice uh, sounds so good. It sounds so elegant. It does, but then you, <laughs> then you look at your wallet and it's like, wait a minute. Well, yeah, yeah. They, you, can they, drink. you know, they're using that word very fancily to kind of distract the target. <laughs> yeah, you can tell, you know, you, you can, you know, tell people at parties, you know, the ones that you're going to to stay safe now, you know, make sure you're staying safe. But, you know, say, I buy a book thrice monthly. <laughs> yeah, you can sound very intelligent when you do it. There you go. Um, but um, no, I'll be buying it as with my Spider-Man collecting. It's it's via Comicsology, so mm-hmm. at least space-wise, it won't be taking up much space, which is good. Right. But um, digital helps, obviously. You know, again, when you're looking at a room like this, when you're trying to find space for everything, yeah. digi- digital digital so, is. Basically, my helpful. rule is: if you ship twice or, or three times a month, you are on my digital list. Okay. And there's no and there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. I just it's, uh, it just has to be that way. Um, but, um, so, uh, the article mentions that this is the first time since brand new day era that Spider-Man is returning to a, a, a three times a month shipping rotation. Um, and because it's shipping three times a month, um, it won't just be, you know, one writer and one artist doing it. There's going to be a, 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 a rotating creative team uh, to do the book, by the sounds of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that includes uh, writer Zeb Wells, Kelly Thompson, S- Saladin Ahmed, mm-hmm. and Cody Ziegler. Not related to Dolph Ziegler, at least I don't think so. Right. Um, and I'm just happy that you had to do the names this time for once. <laughs> yeah. And it, according to the article, it appears that uh, Amazing Spider-Man artist Patrick Gleason, or, or Gleason, or, or, or it's Gleason, isn't it? It's Gleason, yes. Okay, so this article made a mistake. So yeah, yeah I, I thought so. Uh, Patrick Gleason will be both writing and drawing some upcoming issues of the series. Well, that bodes well. Uh, yeah, he's great because um, he's done work on Green Lantern and Superman, so we're very familiar yes. with him. Yes. Basically, um, um, you know, as it is, they're talking about 
um, that Ben Riley's return comes at a particular low point in Peter Parker's life. Um, yes. uh, following the conclusion of Nick Spencer's Amazing Spider-Man run, which hasn't happened yet, Peter will be grappling with his failure as a hero, apparently to the point that he's willing to cede the mantle back to his clone. Uh, Ben's mission is to prove himself the greatest Spider-Man of them all, and he's even got the backing of the mysterious Beyond Corporation and a redesigned costume. Because, of course, <laughs> you know, anytime somebody new takes up the suit, there's a redesigned costume. Right. Which and means Titan collectibles. Exactly. <laughs> uh, which means Donnie's probably going to spend more money. Um, but, um, so, Donnie, I wasn't really, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of, you know, talk about, about, um, uh, there's a lot of talk about, uh, uh, you know, how the storyline came out, you know, how the, the change came about, and, and basically that, um, the the main con uh, concept was uh, sort of brought forward by Zeb Wells, and then mm -hmm. uh, I think it's uh, um, Kelly Thompson and uh, and uh, I, I'm going to mispronounce this. Uh, Saladin Ahmed were then brought out brought brought on board to help flesh it out, mm -hmm. um, but um, I wasn't reading much in the 90s mm -hmm. uh you know I, I had i had one issue of superman at the time uh a bunch of zoro issues because i was collecting that uh, well you're pretty young in the 90s right i would have been let's see i would have been seven seven eight okay. i mean depending on when in the 90s uh, but mm -hmm. yeah seven through you know through ten i, I would have been in that age range so you, I'm sure, have probably read more about Ben Riley than I have, even though I've read some of him in, mm -hmm. in, in retrospect. Right. Uh, but what is your take on him returning and taking up the mantle of Spider-Man? Are you excited about this? Oh, very much so. I've always wanted to see you know Ben return. I, I really liked the character in the 90s. I know a lot of people, the, the clone saga was a mess. You know, there were a lot of changes in editorial and writing, but I still thought the character had potential. And okay. I remember, it's been a while since I've read that, but I enjoyed that greatly. The 90s was a time for me when I had, you know, graduated high school, gone out, got a few jobs in college, and finally had some money to go to the comic shop and buy a bunch of crossovers and numerous issues. And I found that era very enjoyable, so... So now, Donnie, is there a way, maybe before this story kicks off, like, is there a way that we could relatively easily, without getting overtly compli complicated, cover the clone saga? <laughs> I, I could think it over. I think we can cover like, the clone saga. Is there a trade that I can get that doesn't involve 45,000 tie-in issues? And, like, that's what I'm saying. We could probably come up with something, but it's uh, it's complicated. Let's just put it that way. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. I understand that the story would be complicated. Well, I'm just saying, yeah. is there an easily digestible collection that we could get our hands on and read this and review it as a kind of primer before? 
Uh, yeah, I mean, there there are trades, there are collected editions, but it was such a big kind of sprawling story. I don't think you could get just one like trade or hardcover or whatever and understand everything that was going on. So okay, well, we'll look yeah. into which trades are available. And, uh, and yeah, I'm always down for that yeah. though. Yeah, because I think that'd be cool. Yeah. Because I'll confess, I haven't really read um, the original Clone Saga. Uh, but if there's a, and again, I don't mean not complicated because anytime you're dealing with clones, right, it's complicated. Uh, speaking of, I wish I had a clone of my own or a couple of clones so that I can go traverse the omniverse with all my different, uh, all, you know, omniverse wives, and the <laughs> clones can do, you know, the crap that I got to take care of here, and I don't have to worry about it. Well, uh, there you go. Uh, Although, so if, that, if it plays out like it did in Multiplicity, that could be problems, you know? Starring, of course, everybody's <laughs> favorite Batman, or at least mine. I don't care what everybody else yes. does. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, um, so, so yeah, I'd like to, to do, kind of look into that, because I've never read the original. Uh, mm -hmm. Like, I know who Ben Reilly I, Yeah, I have the very, you know, the basic uh, info about it, but I'd like to, to kind of read that as a primer, and maybe we could talk about it. Uh, mm -hmm. I think it'd be kind of cool. Yeah, uh, but I am reading the Miles Morales version of the clone, like his take on the clone sure. title, yeah. which is pretty interesting so far. Mm -hmm. And uh, the article, just to wrap up this news bit, the article does go on to say that um, uh, following his own clone wars, Miles Morales is getting a new costume too. Donnie, are you shocked by this? I I am so shocked. I had to pick myself up off the floor. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, and uh, and so yeah. Um, again, I'm just knowing the basics of Ben Riley and you know his function. Mm -hmm. I'm 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 excited by this. Uh, I've always wanted to kind of. Check out the clone saga, but a lot of times when I go back and do a deep dive, I need that push, like that purpose of okay, give, give me a reason to go back and, and do this read through. Mm -hmm. And Marvel is not giving me the reason that I needed; they're giving me the you know the extra push that I needed. Um, just like you know, conversely. I've always wanted to check out Moon Knight, but then go search Moon Knight and realize there's about, you know, I'm exaggerating here, but 45 volumes of Moon Knight. It's like, where do I start? Yeah. Thankfully, yeah. Marvel said, you know what, here, we'll give you a new number one. And so I'm going to start Moon Knight with, with number one. Right. But, so, so I'm looking forward to, to, to learning more about the character and, and, and having him do a run as Spider-Man. Um, I um, and listen, I gotta be honest. The Spider-Man Beyond, you know, like moniker, the tagline, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> yeah. reminds me of Batman Beyond. And that's never a bad thing. So I'm on board. You know, sure. Uh, sure. So uh, uh, I'm 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 excited. It'll be fresh for me, both going back and the new stuff. So uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, Spider-Man is in my. In terms of Marvel characters, he's in my top five. So, oh, good choice. Sure, I, I can't go wrong with with, with reading some extra Spider-Man for sure. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, we'll be covering that, um, of course. Uh, 
and uh, we hope that uh, that the actual stories match our current excitement levels. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, we'll keep tabs on yes. that, and as our reviews come, we will uh, we'll, we'll bring them to you both here on YouTube and where else, Tony? You can also find us on iTunes and Podbean. That is the Multiverse Musings vidcast and the Multiverse Musings podcast on iTunes and Podbean. All right, perfect. So, Donnie, let's get to the the the. Uh, that was a great great shameless plug, Donnie. Uh, <laughs> but you said perfect. Get... You know, you said perfect, so I had to say. Oh yes, indeed, indeed. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, if you actually had gum. That'd be dangerous because you could get it. Yeah, stuck on. there's no way I'm spitting gum in this room. No way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That would be very dangerous. So I wouldn't Absolutely recommend not. Um, yeah. But uh, let's get down to the uh, the the main issue we're going to talk about today, which is uh, Venom 35, better known and it should be known as Venom number 200. Number 200. Yes. So just. Very quickly here, we're, we're going to eventually cover Venom's origin on another vidcast, but I just want to say, you know, I actually bought Amazing Spider-Man 300 from a spinner rack in 7-Eleven in 1988, and that was the issue coming in contact with this character. That was the one that made me a comic book reader for life, because I had previously been a comic book, character, uh, comic book reader from a very young age, but as a teenager, I'm, I was wondering, at some point, you know, am, am I going to outgrow this? Is this going to be something that kind of goes in the dustbin of my life? Clearly the answer was no. Clearly the answer is no. <laughs> Resounding no. Yeah. Uh, Amazing Spider-Man 300 hit me in a way that just made me want to see more of Venom. And, of course, the character blew up in the 90s, and I was there for the ride. So seeing the Venom renaissance, both with the movies and the comic success here, that uh, just warms my heart because... It is very nostalgic for me thinking back to the early 90s and the mid-90s and watching Venom's success. So I was very happy. What Adam said, let's review this. I was all in. Yeah, I guess maybe I should give a brief background on my history with Venom. Sure, go ahead. It's very simple. <laughs> I saw him in the animated series, the one from the 90s. And yeah. I'm like, that is one cool-looking SOB. Um, yeah, voiced by Hank Azaria. Yeah, who is yeah. who was formerly you know a pool, uh, yeah. and, and uh, uh, the other guy it wasn't he the gardener the the groundskeeper Willie. Uh, he's done numerous voices on right, The Simpsons, yeah. as well as the show Brockmire, which is not right. a kid show by the way. Yeah, so. Um, but so I knew him from that, and I and I instantly was like fascinated, especially how they did the character in that show. By the way. For my money, that's one of the best Spider-Man interpretations I've ever seen. Is the animated '90s animated Spider-Man show? Oh yes. Uh, well, also one of Marvel's best animated efforts, uh, along with the X-Men show in the '90s. Uh, and that's not '90s nostalgia; it's just fact. Um, but uh, so I, I was taken by the character right away. Um, again, my reading renaissance kind of happened in. Oh, let me look at my comic on the wall. Oh, three. There were there were sort of like three quintessential comics that I picked up and mm -hmm. that I kept up via trade. Well, I started with trades, as as everybody mostly knows. Yeah. 
uh, and uh, so there were three. There were two that were DC and one, and one was Marvel. So the, it was Dark Knight Returns was one. Uh, then I got the uh, Kingdom Come. And the third one, the Marvel one, was Ultimate Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. And I read that one through, and they got to, a, there was a Venom, a version of Venom that they did, uh, which I really enjoyed. Uh, I okay. really enjoyed their, their twist on it. Um, and then also, I was excited when, when it was announced that Venom was going to be introduced in live action via Spider-Man 3. And then I saw Spider-Man 3. And You're like, where's the actual Venom? <laughs> this, is this? Not I, this is not what I wanted. Um, but, again... Not what anybody wanted. <laughs> but again... Uh, like I said, so my reading uh, sort of history is not as large as, as, as yours. I've read about, you know, I've read this current series uh, uh, most uh, uh, continuously. Uh, I'm still trying to make my way through The King in Black fully because uh, that's a big, I mean, it's, 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 yeah, yeah, it's a massive story. But, uh, I think this this iteration of the, of the title with Ryan Stegman, I believe, is the... Stegman and Cates, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Stegman is the artist, correct? Mm-hmm. And Donnie Cates, yes. Donnie Cates is the writer. Yes. Um, I, I think it's been a great run. So, uh, so yeah, I can see why everybody uh, is fascinated by this character and sure. why he's been so popular over time. You know, he has developed in many unexpected ways over the years. He's a very <clears throat> complex character, more so than you would think, because, you know, when he just when he showed up, he was just basically a strong, villainous version of Spider-Man. Yeah. But, you know, sometimes you catch lightning in a bottle, and that's what happened with Marvel, is a few developments happened, and people were drawn to Eddie. They were drawn to Venom, because he had some things happen in his history, and you know, you, you kind of sympathize with him. And that's what I did, is that I started to see him as somebody who didn't necessarily set out to be a villain, didn't want to be a villain, and kind of grappled with his own morality. Yeah, oh, yeah that's definitely evident um, uh, in the character, uh, at least in the uh, in the avenues that I've read him in. So, yeah, I, I agree with that completely, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, let's uh, you know with that uh, in the on the way, let's let's get into the meat of the issue. All right, Venom number two hundred. Uh, how many variant covers was were printed with for this? Oh, ridiculous amount. Was it, it was like ten or twelve? Yeah. Anyway, this is this is the one I got. I like this one. Oh yeah, that's that's. So, cool. Oh yeah, beautiful. All these little all these little venoms on here. I like it. Anyway, so. So it opens up kind of with a brief recap. You get a couple of pages that goes over Eddie's rivalry with Spider-Man, the King in Black storyline, including Eddie's death, his rebirth, his defeat of Null, and becoming godlike, accessing the Clintar hive mind, and of course being a father to Dylan. So in case this is your jumping on point for whatever reason, you hadn't read Venom before or you haven't been able to read Venom recently, it kind of catches you up very quickly 
as to where we are. So what did you think of the initial? I thought that was, that was well done. Yeah. Um, I think when you, whenever you hit a milestone, no, it doesn't have to necessarily be the ending of a run. But mm-hmm. I think whenever you're starting a fresh uh, creative team or let's say you've just done a big run on the title, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and you're, you're gearing up for another 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 event storyline with a, with a character or a title. I think it's smart to do a kind of recap for like two or three pages. Oh, uh, definitely, I would definitely agree. Just yeah. because I think, you know, I like to, I can't remember who said it, but this has been said by some somebody, and maybe you'll know, Donnie. But I remember reading someone's take that everybody's, you know, you don't know which issue is going to be somebody's first comic. Exactly. Right? So. Right. And I think new creative teams, new story arcs, afford you that opportunity to do... Here's a quick catch-up for anybody who hasn't been reading. Mm-hmm. And again, it doesn't have to take up your whole issue. It can literally be two or three pages. Sure. And, and it's just like you say, every issue every issue may be someone's first issue. Whether right. it's somebody returning or... Yeah. You know, which would be their first issue, but somebody coming back to the character or somebody for whom the first time, let's say it's a seven-year-old who, you know, like you say, saw an animated series or a 12-year-old who went out and saw the movie, wants to jump in with Venom, doesn't have all the information on the character's comic history, but you want to catch him up so they can enjoy this series. Well, That's a good way to do it. I mean, that I, I know I wasn't, I wasn't a kid. I was... Um... I was probably 1920 when when the first Spider-Man movie came out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was 19. Yes, uh, and I love that movie. Uh, and, and I thought, oh, let me. I want to check out some Spider-Man comics. And I wouldn't have known where to start with Spider-Man. Like, had I jumped into the to whatever number it was at the time in 02, mm-hmm. I would have been lost, dazed, and confused. I mean, oh, yeah. What? Yeah, <laughs> and, then, and then my comic shop guy said, "Oh, you wanna you wanna try Spider Man?" And I knew, obviously, I'm not an idiot. I don't live in a, well. Some people will tell you I'm an idiot, but I'm not. I'm not totally devoid of general knowledge. I knew who Spider Man was before the movie, folks. Obviously, yeah. But like, they, you know, what was going on in the comics? I had no freaking clue. So my my you know my comic book shop owner said. Why don't you start with volume one? You know the trade of of Ultimate Spider-Man. It's a it's a new, modern day, the way you explain it to me, a modern day updated on the continuity. You, mm-hmm. Basically, you're starting from scratch. I'm like, all right, cool, and that's how I got started. I would have never been able to jump in on issue, you know, uh, 600, 700, whatever the heck Amazing Spider-Man was on at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would have that would have been that would have felt so daunting. So. Yeah, and, okay. and that's that's why people don't jump into comics sometimes because they feel like they've missed so much that they can't enjoy the story. So. Yeah, yeah. So so I I think this issue in those three those few pages, if you've never read a Venom story, but all you know is that yeah I saw him I saw him in the Venom movie, and I'm excited and I want to read more about this character. You're now you've got you've got the basics you've got the four one one. Mm-hmm. based on this montage of pages. Right. 
So in the issue, back on Earth, we see that Eddie has been severely aged. Yeah, I, I the, was even yeah. I'm like, wait a minute, why is he so old? <laughs> <laughs> by recent events. And he also struggles to be a dad to a moody child. He's got help, however, from the symbiote who is Kids operating. Kids are moody? Are moody? You, you don't know. I thought they were all well-behaved, <laughs> calm. Absolutely, all the time. So, yeah. All I have to say is my beard used to all be one color. Then I became a dad. Anyway, so. <laughs> but uh, very proud of my kids, by the way. Anyway, I back to the issue. He's got help from the symbiote who takes the form of a dog and actually walks Dylan to school, which I thought was very creative. We also got a funny cameo of Sleeper who takes the form of a cat and very much acts like a cat when he says, oh, by the way, Spider-Man called. And Eddie was like, why didn't you tell me? And, and Sleeper's like, I don't work here. So I'm like, yeah, if a cat could talk, that's probably what it would say. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, it, it's funny that um, when I saw the aged Eddie, I said, well, I know what aged him. It's not this, this king in black nonsense, you know, craziness. He basically watched the, the, the seven-game series between the Leafs and Montreal <laughs> and, and, and aged three yeah. decades like I did. Right. Um, thanks a lot, boys. But anyway, um, yeah, no. Uh, that was awkward because I'm like, well, last time I hit, how far behind am I on this King of Black storyline? Because last time I saw him, <laughs> he was blonde. What right, happened? Right, yeah. Well, again, you know, dying and coming back to life and being in yeah. charge of an entire alien race, it'll take it out of you. Yeah, so. it'll, it'll cut some gray in your head. <laughs> you no, know, I mean, the talking... I, I like that that the, the, the symbiote can take alternate forms, mm -hmm. and I like that it's taken, you know, the dog. Yeah. It's kind of uh, kind of cool. Um, yeah. I thought it was really interesting. Yeah. The art on that is fantastic. Like, that looks like one menacing dog. Oh, yeah, very much so. Well, especially later on when it gets, you know, gigantic. Like, you don't want to attempt to pet that thing. No, so. no, no. <laughs> However, we get a very touching moment as the symbiote walks Dylan to school. Dylan asks the symbiote, you know, what's your name? And the symbiote doesn't really give it a, an answer, but it kind of connects with Dylan mind to mind and says, this is who I am. And Dylan starts to cry. So we see this very real bond that has started to form between the two of them. Yeah. And I really liked that part of the story. Yeah, I did too. I, I thought it was very I mean, emotional. Look, I, I still don't understand what his name, what its name is or, 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 yeah, or how that all works, but that was emotional. Like, Without telling me anything, it was a very emotional scene. I liked it. Yeah. Right, right. Well, you know, again, it may be, you know, the, the kind of uh, name that you can't really wrap your tongue around if you're human. And that's, I, I think we're, you know, yeah. it was meant to leave it up to your imagination, that it's something that was actually kind of very old to the symbiote, that he really hadn't thought about himself or herself, whatever it is, in terms of just being on its own for so long. Yeah. And sharing that with Dylan was, you know, it's kind of a secret part of itself that it shared with Dylan. So, yeah. So the scene changes to Eddie having lunch with Spider-Man, who just had to be in this issue, by the way. Of course, yeah. 
And we see that Peter is actually feeling guilty for all of the destruction that the symbiote race has brought upon Earth. And, you know, the the symbiote's history has been, you know, retconned a numerous, uh, numerous times. And we see another tweak to that here. We see that Eddie tells Spider-Man, oh, by the way, the symbiotes were here before I brought, before you brought this symbiote here. Yeah. And, you know, and of course, you know, Peter had been feeling extremely guilty and he is like, uh, yeah. So if you ever want to go back to being a supervillain, I'd love to, you know, the inference is I'd love to punch you a little bit. And Eddie'd be like, right now? No, you wouldn't. Because <laughs> yeah. I can just kind of snap you out of existence. Yeah, no, I, want to. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they've altered the, the history a bit. Mm-hmm. But I like that they've kept that aspect of it intact. Right, right. I mean, just because it's it's older and been here longer doesn't mean you can't have the situation of Peter bringing a piece of it of it. What, right, he brought that one here, but but you know Eddie was alleviating his guilt, saying there were other symbiotes here long yeah. before this one. So yeah. it would have happened. It was inevitable. It would have happened eventually. So you don't need to feel guilty about it. So. Yeah. And I really like the scene, you know, where the uh, the guys try to rob the place, and you know they they burst in and with the gun or whatever, and Peter just turns around and looks at him, and they're like, "You got to be kidding me! I'm going to rob the place with Spider-Man in it." <laughs> yeah. I also like the part where uh, where um, Spider-Man tries to distract him to steal his fry, <laughs> and he like slaps his hand away. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and then we see that moment again pay off when. It's weird because Eddie can kind of be in multiple places at once. Yes. At least telepathically. Mm-hmm. So at the same time as he's having lunch with Spider-Man, he's also having a meeting with the Avengers. Yeah, yeah. And Iron Man is trying to talk to him about, you know, Noel and the whole mess. And, uh, you know, he's in sort of like a trance kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, sorry, Tony. Uh, Peter was just trying to uh, to steal one of my flies. So they have that. Yeah, yeah, that moment pays itself off later. Like they have the reverse. You, you know, yeah. Yeah. Which yeah, I, I, really, I like, yeah, you see the other side of that. Which but, I you know, was really funny. Yeah, what you're talking about, you know, Eddie now has this godlike power. He is he is borderline, if not completely omnipresent. So he's speaking with the Avengers, he's speaking with the X-Men, he's speaking with the Guardians of the Galaxy, he's speaking with the Silver Surfer all at once. And the message is that the Maker is coming back. You know, that version of Franklin Richards. So, you know, I really like that we see in this issue, if I can point out some character development, that a fully reformed Eddie, who, you know, again, Eddie started out as a villain. He did kill some people. He wasn't you know, it, this, he was very dangerous at one time, but yeah. we see someone who has not only been reformed, but who is now at peace with himself. Because that's one of the things that I thought was so interesting about Venom in the initial stages of his development is that he hated himself. You know, he blamed himself for his for his mother's death. You know, he was alienated from his father. He was a terrible husband. And he hated himself a lot, and he turned that anger out on Peter Parker. It was displaced anger of saying, 
if, you know, this external tormentor, if I can just rid my life of Spider-Man, everything will be okay. When it was really his own issues with which he hadn't dealt. But now we see somebody who is at peace with himself so much to the point to where he's offered membership in the Avengers. Mm, yeah, that's interesting because he turns it down mm-hmm. um, because he says he can't be, you know, present, uh, you know, uh, the way he would need to be if he was a big an Avenger. Mm-hmm. But he recommend he recommends some somebody else to, to Captain America because he said you're gonna need the extra help and I know a guy um, and he doesn't flat out say who it is. By but the way, scene, I said I said Franklin Richards. I meant Reed Richards, uh, the Ultimate Reed Richards. That's yes, who the maker yeah. is. I just replayed that in my head anyway. It's, so it's okay. Yeah. Um, it's good. Uh, but so he doesn't say the name of who he recommends. But the page then, you know, the scene then shifts to Flash Thompson, a.k.a. Yes. Anti-Venom. Uh, Anti-Venom. Agent Anti-Venom, yes. Yeah. Who I really like. I, I like the design. I like the character. Mm-hmm. I dig it. Yeah. So. Yeah, well, you see, you know, he is um, some cafe or something. I forget exactly where they said he was. But he's, I guess, buying some food or whatever. And he's confronted by some of the guardsmen who are hunting symbiotes some of whom have bonded with humans after this big conflict with Null, humans who are in need of them for, like, their healing abilities. And so we see that's actually what they were after, and they just so happened to find, hey, hey, there's Flash Thompson. And we see that, you know, it was believed by a lot of the world that Flash Thompson was dead. Now we see that he wasn't, and there, there was a picture taken of him, so the world will soon know that he is not dead. So... I'm assuming here that that means that they're going to find a place for him in the Avengers. Yeah, or because uh, I think I, I know it seems like Marvel is really going to uh, expand and key in on the world of the symbiote and the symbiote characters. So I definitely see we're going to see uh, feel we're going to see a lot more of anti venom or yeah. agent anti venom. Yeah, but I want to make one more point. You know, when Eddie was having this again, this omnipresent power. It reminded me a lot of when Kyle Rayner had the ion power back in volume three of Green Lantern. And, you know, yeah. he he did the same thing. He was multiple places at once. Yeah. And uh, if you want to know more about Kyle Rayner or any of the Green Lanterns, you can join us on the Emerald Echo podcast on iTunes and Podbean, as well as the Emerald Echo vidcast right here on YouTube. The two for two of yeah. those plugs here, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Shameless plug. Yeah. Well, it, uh, yeah, I know. So I'm looking forward to seeing. I, I really liked it. It seems like, like I said, there's going to be more, more, more emphasis put on the on the characters that are inhabiting or or sharing a a, a life with a, a symbiote. So I, mm. I, I dig that. Yes. Yes. Um, and uh, there's an interesting. Now that we mentioned Flash Thompson. There's an interesting mm-hmm. parallel and role reversal. Mm-hmm. When you look at um, Eddie's son, Dylan, because we get on quite a few seeds of him at high school, mm-hmm. and he's being picked on and bullied. That's a good point, yeah. That kind of ties him to Peter Parker in the sense that mm-hmm. Peter Parker was also... The object of Flash's bullying in high school, yes. yes. Yeah. And, which, and, and then it, tie, it ties in with that, and even Flash Thompson, because Flash Thompson was the bully yeah. 
in the, in the Peter Parker story. So there's a lot of parallels and tie-ins mm -hmm. in that one scene. If you if you know enough about the characters, you'll, you'll pick up on it. And I thought that's yeah. a nice touch. Excellent point, sir. Yeah. So, yeah. So back at Midtown, we see that Dylan's getting bullied. He gets sent to the principal who's like, you know, why are you in so many skirmishes? And he's like, I've been fighting my whole life. And on the way home, again, he's being accompanied by the symbiote in the form of a dog. He runs afoul of Jack-O-Lantern. And Dylan is injured, and the symbiote bonds to him to save his life. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's funny because the issue closes with a conversation between Eddie and Dylan, who is now the new Venom. And Eddie suggests that he knew it was going to happen all along. He's like, you know, that didn't take long. Yeah, uh, which I thought was very interesting. I I, I did I, because you know I think in order to save Dylan's life, the, the symbiote had to bond with him in a way that was you know lasting and not mm -hmm. you, you know it's not it's not something you can just you know it's not like the healing factor of like a mutant or or Superman where you know, just briefly you touch him or something, right? And, and the wound, like it has to literally become one with him and envelope his him in a way to sort of heal the wound. So he, mm -hmm. he definitely has to bond. There has to be a bonding process there, right? Um, and I like how Dylan changes the costume. Yes, kind of reminds and, me of you remember Pitt from Image? Yeah, remember with the, yeah, Pitt and Timmy with the with the uh, the big change, yeah. But also, I think it's a nod to uh, to Todd McFarlane, and because Spawn has changed on his outfit. And, say that too, sure. And, and you know, Dylan says, "Well, because Eddie asked him why the chains." He's like, "Oh, all the cool comic books I read, the characters have chains." <laughs> yeah. And I thought of Spawn, and also the bully that bullies Dylan. The last name is McFarlane, so. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't know yeah. if, that's the, if that's the way Todd wanted to be remembered as the book, but I, I don't think there's any malice intended there. No, either. no, definitely not. So, yeah, and I like that, you know, Dylan says, you know, is it okay to, you know, call myself Venom because you're, you know, you're Venom? Yeah. And Eddie says, no, we are the Flash. I mean, <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> <laughs> I had to throw that in. You he know, you know what's funny, though? <laughs> I'm reading that line. And it says we are Venom, and I got, and I get it. He says it in the movie, but that we are. See the phrase now. We are has not been tainted <laughs> because of the Flash TV show and Candace Patton's Iris West. Every time I hear it, I think of that stupid line, and I get angry. And well, I get it. just to understand though. Eddie was saying that long before the Flash TV show. Oh, it was always, yeah, always we. So yeah, and yeah. the beautiful thing about it is that. With Venom, it makes sense. Yes. With right. Iris West, listen, lady, <laughs> you can say whatever you want. You ain't the Flash. You're just having coitus with the Flash. That's all. There's a difference. <laughs> Get it straight, lady. And uh, that's all uh, I'm going to write on that cover. Okay. Well, yeah. Let's, you know, uh, poor Iris. Anyway, but I just... <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, I really liked this issue... Uh, yeah, I can't say enough about it because it kind of encapsulated so many different 
things that have been appealing about Venom over the years. And it brought together a lot of kind of old storylines and gave homages to them, wrapped things up nicely. So, yeah, I'm just a huge fan of this issue. So Yeah, I, I really like this issue um, because it... And when I say this, I don't mean that's it for Eddie Brock. I, I think we're going to see plenty more of Eddie. Uh, but it wraps up his... His time as the main uh, focus or, or the main wielder of the symbiote. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's a nice homage to his history while also charting a new course for the character of Venom. Like it, 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 it balances, he walks that tightrope quite well, uh, having to do both jobs of closing out the past, you know, 35 issues. And longer if you go, go back further, mm -hmm. and, and then, but then also setting up uh, the future of the character, and, and I like yes. the way it did that. So it, it was very well done. Yes. So, so, before we get to our rating on this, I'd like to close out with, uh, you know, this is from you know uh, Eddie's Clubhouse, the mailbag at the end. Devin Lewis, the editor of this issue, had just a little something to say, and I thought it was really profound. He says, as a lifelong Venom maniac, Venom maniac, this has truly been the honor of a lifetime to be able to helm this historic 200th issue. I was there as a fan over 30 years ago when he came to life, and now here we are, closing out the biggest issue to date. And I got to do it with some of my best friends in the world. Thank you. Thank you all so much. We're stronger when we're together. And we... All of us, we are Venom. Love well said. it. Yeah, well said. Well put. I, I like it. Um, awesome. So with that, Donnie, and you being the the uh, Venom expert on this uh, podcast network, what uh, what would be your rating? Uh, so remember, five for art and five for story. Uh, I'm going to give it a perfect five in both counts. I just thought it was a wonderful experience and. Like I said, there's so much flavor here from the different Venom eras, and there was there was humor. There was a lot of heartfelt moments. Um, you know, there's some good action too. Yeah, this was this is one of the key essential Venom books that you're going to want if you are a Venom fan or you are becoming a Venom fan. Yeah, and again, I know it's the 200th issue. And the last issue of this one. But I think it's a great jumping on point. I think it works well in right. that respect. Yeah. And I loved it um, as, as, a, as, a, as a fan, but not one that's been reading for terribly long in terms of this character. I, I loved it. And it certainly made me invested in reading more and sticking with the character in his future you know in, in you know his future uh new book which is coming in november right and obviously we're going to see uh, De uh dylan as venom which i yeah. think is very intriguing so. it's it's kind of cool in the sense that yeah we'll call him denim <laughs> yeah yeah um yeah um as you know what they say it's not the denim it's what you put in him yeah um no but uh, 
But it's kind of cool that this was the first issue where he truly bonded with the, the, the symbiote. And now I'm going to get to it. So in a way, I've been reading this newer Venom kind of from day one. There you go. So it's kind of cool that way. Hey, sure. It's kind of like with John Kent, you know, now gearing up to become Superman. Oh, yeah, good parallel. I've yeah. been reading I've been reading John Kent since he was first introduced. And now I get to continue reading him as he transitions into Superman. I think that's freaking great. So I'm getting the same thing here and and I'm kind of looking forward to that. I can't wait. So but yeah, for me it's a 5 for story and a 5 for art. What a great issue. Yes. Um, and a great way to really kick our... our... $9.99 for Marvel Comics. Lots of variant covers if you're into collecting Yeah, that. and it's like... Uh, it's about 80-some-odd pages, right? Yes. 80 page. Yeah, I believe it's 80 pages, actually. Yeah. 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 So, um, but... Um, no, uh, this is a great way to really start our kickoff uh, of... Uh, reviewing Venom uh, more frequently. So, mm -hmm. good start. And can't yeah. wait to do more. Sure. But that brings this issue, this episode, not this issue, uh, this episode to a close. Mm -hmm. uh, but you can continue the conversation with us. So if you want to talk to us about your excitement for the new ongoing Venom book or the upcoming changes to the Spider-Man uh, status quo, you can on social media. So, Donnie, where do they find you? You can find me on Twitter as the Emerald and Soup, the Emerald Enthusiast, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> well, let's talk comics. Let's talk collectibles. Let's talk Green Lantern. Let's talk Venom. We could, we could, we could sort of rename you the, the, the Vemerald Enthusiast. <laughs> I like it. Yes. Anyway, uh, but if you want to find me, it's at Adam underscore Leesfan on Twitter. The podcast network has its own, uh, uh, its own, uh, Twitter handle, which is at MMNPDC. There's a Facebook page, which is linked in the description below. Click there, I'll add you, and we can continue the conversation uh, there. Um, but remember that in closing, we are Venom forever, from the first issue to the last. So long, everybody. Don't forget to subscribe.